If we're talking about passion and developing a passion for God, amen. What's passion? Passion is a burning desire or drive, some type of motivation like you do for that car or that house or those shoes or that purse, you know, that kind of thing. Only it comes from within and God puts it there. Passion is is something that you keep striving for. Sometimes you don't know why you can't uh, stop striving or stop thinking about a certain thing. When you have passion and desire on the inside of you for the things of God, you keep trying to achieve better. You keep trying to do better. Amen. Well, that didn't go over well. But you keep trying to do better for God. It's just like if you wanted a promotion at your job. You keep trying to show the supervisor that you have skills and that you want to be trusted to do more. Well, this is what we need to do for God. See, it's easier to impress God than it is man. Amen. Because when you impress God, he will make man increase you whether they want to or not. Amen. Because the heart of the king, the heart of the king is in the hand of God. And the Bible says he'll turn that king's heart any kind of way that he wants to turn it. Because God is in control, even of bad people. See, that's the thing. Some people think God can't talk to bad people. He certainly can. Amen. So the heart of the king is in the hand of God. And whatever God says, goes. So if you want to impress your supervisor, impress God. Amen. Hallelujah. So God will put passion inside of your heart to achieve a certain goal. Amen. He will put passion in your heart to impress whoever he wants to impress. But really, he's trying to make you the best that you can be. Amen. It comes from deep within passion. You can't mimic passion. Because, you know, you can imitate what other people do, but you peter out because you're working out of your own flesh and out of your own self. But when God puts a burning desire on the inside of your heart, you know, then you never one thing about it. There's always a consistency, just like uh, evangelism. And I know uh, Jan, as an example, has a, 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 a passion for evangelism how do i know that because she's been consistent for 30 years amen Amen. because it's on the inside of her y'all see what i'm saying and so it's good to allow god to put these things on the inside of you so he can get the best out of you amen so passion we need to be passionate about everything that god does for us or everything that he tells us to do we need to be passionate about it you know passing out the bread making sure that these people get prayer and things like that we need to be passionate about it amen passionate about you know um, jackie and myself we go and we pass our bread on monday nights snow rain hail sleet or snow here we go you know because it's a desire on the inside of us to get it right. And sometimes when we don't get it right, next Monday, I said, we're going to get it right. And Jackie, you know, it's zero weather, and I hide in the car and throw her out there. And she, you know. But God is always there. So it's like instead of fighting the things of God, we have to desire and develop a passion. You can develop a passion for things of God. Because I used to did not have that. 
Whereas now I have it because it's a desire to please God. And when you have that desire to please God, he will please, he will bless you. This is where blessings come from. But he'll make you a better year. Men who succeed greatly possess a great passion for their assignment. They're consumed and obsessed in a good way. It burns within your heart like a fire. That, and nothing else matters. Amen. So we need to be on fire for God. On fire for the right things. Just like we are on fire for a certain purse. Or, you know, amen. You know, Donald Trump, I'm sure his passion was to build the tallest building and give somebody something beautiful to behold. Amen. Improve uh, our country by putting up these, erecting these buildings. He went broke doing it. But he didn't stop because he had that burning desire on the inside of him to make a difference and provide jobs for a lot of people on a a high scale. (laughs) Amen. You know, but I kind of like how he operates. I don't know if you look at Celebrity Apprentice, but I like it because he has principles that he lived by. He don't let anybody get in the way of his principles. Amen. It's just something that he's going to do. And if he, he's going to either do it with you or without you, you know, you can come aboard or stand back and watch him. But, you know, God, and that comes from God. God put a burning desire on the inside of him to better our cities and to, you know, have uh, places of royalty, so to speak, that uh, people, dignitaries can come. And even lay people can come and feel a little important, get pampered. And he also provides a lot. He employs a lot of people. Amen. And so passion is something that's on the inside of you, you know, and God has to put it there. And it has to be fed and nurtured by us. God puts a desire on the inside of us to serve him. Amen. That comes from him, but we have to do something with that seed because it's, it works kind of like a seed. Amen. When you have a burning desire um, or a burning passion for your assignment, nothing else matters except the completion of the instruction of God. Amen. So that's how you know if you're passionate about serving God or not, because you want to do what he tells you to do. If you don't, if it don't matter and you fight against the instructions of God, then you, you don't have a passion for God. Amen. Passion is power because it'll get you whatever you want when it's your time, when you need something. You'll never have significant success with Uh, anything until it becomes an obsession or a passion in other words you know what it is passion is just the opposite of quitting (laughs) that's really what it is it's the opposite because there's something inside of you that won't let you quit amen and you keep going even if it hurts it consumes you with thought and with time most leaders have a passion they possess a passion on the inside of them. That's why they're leaders. And they love what they do because it comes from God. They don't fight and buck against everything. Those kind of people don't have passion. Amen? They just don't. And winners have passion. Leaders have passion. Amen? Because they want to see the job get done. 
Amen, because it's an assignment from God. They recognize an assignment when they see it. So let's go to the book of Colossians. Hallelujah. Colossians 3. Talking about passion. Verse 23. And in Colossians, it says here, well, let me go to 22. You know, I don't like to, I like to see what one scripture leads into another to get the full meaning. And verse 22 says, bond servants, obey, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. It says, not with eye service as men pleasers. Hmm. It says, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. See, people with passion know that God is at the beginning and the end of their whatever they're doing. It's not a person. Amen. It's God. Amen. And so verse 23 says, and whatever you do, do it heartily. Whatever task you have. Do it heartily. That means do it from your soul and from your heart, not half-stepping. Amen. Amen. And this is what I I try to to teach my kids, you know. Don't half-do nothing because that pisses me off, you know. Do it right and do it from your heart. And if you want to, don't want to do it, make yourself want to do it. (laughs) You know, my mother used to slap us if we have our mouth poked out. He said, she said, don't poke out your mouth. And when she said, don't poke out your mouth, you didn't poke out. You pulled it in until you, you know, until you got out of her face. Because, and I didn't, I just thought she was mean. But I didn't understand that she was teaching and training us how to be obedient, how to follow through. Amen. Some of them whippings be needed. No, I don't want to, I want to do no time. Amen. No. <laughs> See, nowadays, see, the devil sets people up, people's children up because they have a, a one 800 kids or whatever. See, the devil doesn't want you to discipline your children. There's even some people have laws against disciplining your kids because he wants them to be renegades. Amen. It's just the way it is. But you have to take a risk. If you love your kids enough to take a risk, you make them do whatever's set before them. That's what I did. And amen, I did. I did it to the best of my ability. And so you have to do these things for the sake of God and for their sake. But see, in other words, the Bible is saying in verse 23, don't do things half-heartedly. But do it from the heart. Do it from the soul as to the Lord and not to men. See, that's the thing that gets us messed up is, you know. Well, who's asking and who, you know. I used to be that way. And it's kind of like keeping a tally. You can't do that. But you notice, like, if you got a nice supervisor and a mean supervisor, you want to do what the, the nice supervisor But maybe the, the mean one has some kind of substance on the inside of them. I'm learning more and more. You know, it's better to learn than never learn. Amen. And so sometimes, you know, they're hard to please because they're looking for more. They're trying to pull the best out of you. Amen. Hallelujah. Never thought I'd say that, but it's just true. I've lived to understand that it's true. 
Amen. So it says, I think in the uh, Amplified, it says, whatever and whatsoever may be your task, work at it heartily from the soul as something done for the Lord and not for men. Amen. So whatsoever you do, do it heartily for God. Amen. And we live, we're to live passionately for God, not passively. Two different things. Now, why doesn't God like passivity? Passivity. He doesn't like that. You know why? Because it's lukewarmness. I never thought about that. God says, be either hot or cold, but don't be lukewarm. So lukewarm person is, is with you sometime, ain't with you others. You know. They got to look out and see what the weather's looking like. And if it's cloudy, I ain't with you. If it's sunny, I'm with you. You know, considering things. And so God wants us to be passionate about the least little thing right down to the wire. Let's go to Matthew 22. Do things with from your heart. And not wane what you're giving up. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Matthew 22, <clears throat> verse 37. And it says, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. You're even supposed to love God with a passion. He don't want raggedy love, computer love. (laughs) He don't want that. Computer love. (laughs) He don't want that. I know some people that pretty cool. He don't want that stuff. Sometime he love. He He wants you to love him with all your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. Amen. So in other words, he's saying, don't even give me raggedy love. Give me something consistent. Give me something with fervor. Give me something from the heart. Not trying to please me to see how far you can get. But do it from your heart. And if it's not in your heart, let God put it in your heart. So you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your strength, all of your mind. God wants us to show him passion, to show him passion in our everyday service to him. You have to have passion when you do anything for God. Amen. Do it from the heart. Hallelujah. You know what that really is? It's training your flesh to not say no. It's just the way it is. You train your flesh. Listen, our flesh is going to say no all the time. You call me too early in the morning, I'm going to tell you no. Amen. But I've been working on it. And now, you know, I'm learning to say, okay, yeah, you know. And see, what you do, you keep your flesh pushed down. Amen. And you just go with it. And, And what I'm finding out is you get used to doing it. You train your flesh like that. So your flesh will quit barking at you. (laughs) That's what it does. It barks at you. 
but you want to show passion in every all kind of service, everyday service for God. In other words, God don't want this sloppy agape. He t- he's tired of it. Amen. He wants, you know, I was listening to some preacher on the radio the other day, and he was getting on, he was on radio, and he was saying, yeah, like some of y'all that work in the, in the uh, what's that, children's nursery. And he says, you, you know you're going to be absent. You don't call, get a replacement. You just don't show up. He said, somebody else has to fill that gap. And I was listening to him. I said, oh, he's getting on them on, on the radio. He must be pretty mad. <laughs> but it's true. That's a perfect example. It's sloppy agape. Amen. Because I would imagine it's a huge church, and I would imagine they have a whole lot of kids. And you need a whole lot of help. Amen. <laughs> or bring your tranquilizers. Amen. Let's go to Revelations 3. <clears throat> Revelations 3. Hallelujah. So just relax and have some fun. God doesn't like a lukewarm person or a lukewarm church. Revelation 3 verse 15. And it says, I know your works. That you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. And this was a, the letter that was written to the church of Locedia. Amen. Because a lukewarm church. And I'm sure, you know, that the, the writer didn't like it. He saw people going the wrong way. When you look lukewarm, you're going the wrong way. Do everything with passion. Put all your all into everything that you do. And so, saying, I I wish I know your record of works and what you were doing. In other words, I've been watching you gang of thieves. He says, and you are neither hot nor cold. I would vow that you were hot or cold. So then because thou art lukewarm, I and not hot or cold, I will spew you out of my mouth. And this is what God says. He says, I will spew you out of my mouth, verse 16. My Bible says vomit. Vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing. And do not know that you are wrenched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Wow. And it says in 18, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire. See, he's talking about stuff you can't buy with your money. That you may be rich and white garment. That's a a clean soul and a clean heart toward people. So you can't pay for that. That you may be clothed. That the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And anoint your eyes with eye salve. That you may see. In other words, you don't see that this is what God is trying to do. I like, well, it sure is quiet in this Presbyterian church. (laughs) 19 says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chase and therefore be zealous and repent. Amen. How's that? Amen. And then it goes on to talk about. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And so this this church of Locedian, they saw them going the wrong way. 
hearts had waxed cold. That's what really had happened. And when your heart waxed cold, your next trip is downward spiral. Amen? Amen. But rather we should burn with passion and desire to serve God and obey him. We should be passionate and in, in love with passionately in love with God, like y'all do, you know. <laughs> you know. Oh, you know, he's so cute and he's so this. You know, we put out more fervor trying to impress man than we do God. We don't care nothing about what God thinks about us, and he's the one that loves us so much. He's the one that blew the breath of life. Yet we don't want to do much for him. We want to keep it to a minimum because, you know, we don't want people to think we're soft, you know, instead of impressing God. Because this is the thing. This is what the Lord was just telling me this this morning. I was talking to somebody. I don't know. And it was, um, he was telling me, he says, when people, let's see, how did it go? Something about impressing God. Oh, it was, I, I don't know who I was talking to. It's like when you, when you don't, um, when you don't obey instructions to man, I was talking to you, wasn't I? I knew I heard that. See, I ain't totally old. That's about an hour ago. I remember things from an hour ago. Chuck. <laughs> Calling me old, calling me and Miss Pat old, and Barb. Amen. I remember. You, you, you say it again. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> right. When you don't respect authority, you're not respecting God. Because God speaks through men. And you know why He does it like that to see what you're going to do. Because you know why He wants them devils to come out. <laughs> so He can heal you. Or that resistance to authority we were talking about authority and that's a lot of people's downfall they get sick of authority because they think about it all the time (laughs) you can't live without authority either on your job the bank people got your money and they gave you nsf you know you gotta bow to somebody i'd rather bow to god the one that has all the love for me and the compassion he sees everything, and he reward, he's the one that diligently rewards people. But he, when he seeks us, he wants to find us busy about his business. Amen? And so it's, it's tricky because he does, he'll throw something out there just to see what we're going to do. Amen? And, and I, I want to be caught obeying God. Amen. And sometimes you do feel taken advantage of. But I'm, I, I know uh, <laughs> a lot of people who have been under mean supervisors that it worked out for the best for them. Amen. Why God does things that way, I don't know. You know. But I know his way is best. Best for us because there's some crazy supervisors out there. Amen. And if they get too outrageous, God gets rid of them. But you know what? He used them for a purpose, to train his called. Amen. Amen. His elect. He get rid of them. You just stay obedient. Amen. So when you live passionately for God, you live a life of guidance and obedience and love towards people and God, love towards humanity. That's what we don't like. 
Amen. Because we don't want nobody to take advantage of us. I have more faith in God than that. Because whoever mistreats me got to meet him. <laughs> he fights my battles. Amen. He don't fight for people who are wrong. No, he just doesn't. But we need to be passionate about things. This is what leaders, this is what people who invent things, sometimes it fail. Henry Ford was passionate about the automobile. Amen. If he hadn't stayed passionate about that, we'd be walking around everywhere until somebody else came up with the idea. But he was passionate about automobiles. Thomas Edison was passionate about inventions. Billy Graham was passionate about evangelism. Still works today all these years. It's nothing bad. You know, they joke about everybody else, but they can't say nothing about Billy. Amen. Because soul winning, he's got crowns in heaven. It's the best feeling you could ever have. Amen. Oral Roberts was passionate about healing. He didn't know anything about sowing and reaping, but he knew how to get people healed. They said that he would work so hard he would get a chair. Remember those old videos? And he would have people, kids, come and sit on his knee. He would be so wrung out from so many hours of laying hand on the sick. But, you know, they would come from all over because nobody else would pay the price to carry that anointing. And I'm sure there was times when he was paying that price that he felt like people was misusing him. You know, but he sucked it up for God. Amen. Sucked it up. And he's getting a great, he's left a legacy that he got tired. He's told God, I want to come home and see Evelyn. He said, no, not yet. And that's something when you can live the life of your days and you choose when you go. Everybody else fighting to stay here. He said, I'm tired. I want to go home. And the Lord told him, no, not yet. And he lived three more years. Amen. That's the way it's supposed to go. Amen. The Wright brothers was passionate about the airplane. Jesus was passionate about the cross. <laughs> he was passionate. You know why? Because he wanted to go there. He didn't he 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 wished wished that that cup would pass over him, but he said nevertheless, because he knew that there was nobody else that could feel his nobody else could do it. And so he was passionate about the cross. Amen. Let's go to Luke 19. Hallelujah. In other words, you just have to have a listening ear. Amen. You just have to know when it's God and when it ain't. Because nothing goes un, undealt with by God. Luke 19.10, it says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. You see? That's why he was so passionate. Because this, this was his mission. Amen. This was his mission. To save the lost. And that's why he gave it his all. He was passionate about his love for human beings. Amen. Passion is a clue to your assignment. Whatever you like to do so much. I ain't talking about that dancing and this carnal stuff. I could see somebody say, ooh, I like to dance. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about what you put 
your mind to. It's just like when you go to college and you set your mind to be a doctor or a lawyer or a nurse. That's where all your studies are, your time and study is spent doing that. Well, in the, well, if you're not in school, just in natural living, whatever you set your hand to, you know, is generally a gift that God has given you. Because, you know, all gifts come from him. Hallelujah. Amen. The, when you have a passion for something, you know it's from God when it excites you. It usually doesn't interest anybody, but you nobody you tell people nobody else is interested. But it's a clue to your abilities. I remember when Barbara used to write songs, and you all have heard a lot of her songs. She texts me or she calls me, listen to this, and she said, da 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 da, and I said, mm-hmm. This is like only the hundredth time. <laughs> A new song, and I'm like, I say, "Oh, I like that. That's good." And I'm like, "It's not like the last song." <laughs> but but as she wrote beautiful songs, I wish somebody would record them right. Yeah. It's only been one recorded the right way. But you know, what's what's some of the song? That song that was recorded by Brother Stone. That girl sang it. No, the the girls sing. What is it? House of God? Yeah, thank you, Miss Pat. Awesome God, and that's isn't that a beautiful song? And she, oh, yeah, that sounds good. But it was so beautiful when I heard the music. Then I want to know. I knew first. <laughs> yeah, I was down with her. I was there when she said, cause she she asked me, and I told her no. <laughs> and some of them I told her yeah. Amen. But you know how we are. But it's just beautiful, beautiful. But see, she was so passionate about it. She kept on, although she might have gotten the right response. She probably said, she's crazy. But I said, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's just wonderful what God puts. See, when God puts something in your spirit, you don't drop it. You keep it going. Amen. Because at some point, he's going to use that to your glory. Amen. And it's just so wonderful how he works. He just gives, you know, all these things come from God. Great singers love to sing. That's why they sing all the time. They may get on your nerves, but there's a gift there. Great mechanics will have a natural inclination to tinker on cars. That's how my husband always did, and Mac got got it. Tony don't, but they do. Amen. It's not a passion of his. But Mac always tinkering with things. He can fix anything. I don't care what it is. Because you become mechanically inclined when you have that gift. You can pretty much, Daniel's like that, I think, from what I've seen. You know, he's got that thing in him where he can take his hands and pretty much figure out everything. And so this is... When God has put a gift inside you, you nurture it. You don't just say, oh, I just do that, you know, for the heck of it. No, that's a gift. And so you nurture it and you pay it attention. You feed it when you have a gift. Amen. Great pianists 
love to play the piano. I've never seen a piano player don't like to play the piano. Now, in the, in the growing stages when they're kids, you've got to make them take lessons. And it's time you do go on a piano for an hour. But when they learn that piano and learn that music, they, you don't have to tell them because it, it's on the inside of them. And something is fed. They start to feed and nurture it. And it becomes a beautiful gift, and they can honor God with it. Amen? Hallelujah. So singers sing and pianists play. Mechanics tinker. And this is how you know where your abilities are. Amen. So the apostle Paul was passionate about finishing his race. Amen. You know, that's all he talked about is this race of faith. Amen. And being a champion, because this is what he was. But it came from a seed, from one little seed, and then it it kept growing because he kept feeding it. Sometimes when God gives us a gift, we ignore it because we don't know it's from him. But, you know, you have to, you know, if you keep at it and you don't shut it down, you know, God will cause that thing to bloom and to prosper. Let's go to Philippians 3. Hallelujah. Philippians 3. You'll notice that all the people in in this Bible were given good gifts. God gives good gifts to men. Hallelujah. And he wants to prosper us and be in health even as our souls prosper. See, your soul won't prosper if you don't put anything in it. You have to feed it something. Amen got to feed it the word you can't you can't live off of one word one week once a week and expect to get better at anything you have to put you got to feed your spirit the right thing philippians 3 verse 13 and it says brethren i do not count myself to have apprehended but one thing i do he says forgetting those things which are behind and reaching towards to those things which are ahead so verse 14 says paul says so i pressed i pressed toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in christ jesus and so this is was paul's passion to press and to continue on in god and not quit in other words he's saying i was not a quitter amen he says, I don't count myself as having everything together or, or have done everything right. He says, but I just quit looking behind at my past, at my past failures, at my past accomplishments. He said, I press toward the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Amen. So if you take these gifts and these things that God bless you with and nurture them and continue to add to them, God will make them blossom, and he'll turn it into something wonderful. Amen? So this was Paul's mission, to finish the goal and not be a quitter. Most people who who are finishers have a passion for something. Jesus was passionate about completing and finishing this assignment on earth. Amen. Let's go to Hebrews 12. Talking about Jesus. He wasn't a quitter. You know, in all these examples, you notice these people didn't quit. Hebrews 12, 
verse 2. Oh, why don't I turn there? And it says here in Hebrews 12, verse 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher. See, he started the race and he finished. He didn't quit. Who for the joy was set before him endured the cross. And this is what he he did. He was passionate about the cross, not because he wanted to die, but because he wanted us to live. Amen. So he's the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Some things you got to endure to show God that you're worthy of being blessed to a higher degree. Amen. He's trying to take everybody higher. Like Paul, he says, I press toward the mark. He's not trying to go back. He's trying to have something added on to him. Despising the shame. Was he ashamed of being poked in the head with with spikes? Yes. Did he like being pierced in the side? No. Did that shame him? Yes. But did he run away from the cross? No. You know, he was he was nail had nails in his hand. Did he run away from that? No, he didn't. Oh, he hated it. Amen. But he despised the shame and had sat down at the right hand of the throne. Amen. He was thrown bound. <laughs> God really instructed Joshua to d- develop passion for the word. Amen. To ensure success in his life. All of these people endured, but but they allowed God to put passion on the inside of them and they nurtured it for the good of God. Some things you just have to quit counting the cost. Amen. Well, that didn't go over well. Joshua 1, 7. Joshua 1, 7. Some things we just have to endure just to see what God's going to do with it. Amen. Joshua 1. Praise God. Are you getting out of anything out of this today? Hallelujah. He said, we won't be so quick to run away from things. Because you never know where God is testing you. Amen. When he set something before you, it's for you to complete it, not run away from it. Because you think somebody, you know, I got to do everything around here. Amen. Don't count the cost. That's counting the cost. And life ain't fair. It, it Sometimes it ain't. But I know God is a righteous judge. Amen. Nothing slips by him. <laughs> Joshua 1, 7. Well, let's go to six. Let's go to five. It says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And I will not leave nor forsake you. Now, these are the instructions from God in verse six. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance 
the land which I swore to their fathers to give to you. Verse 7 says, only be strong. Don't be wimpy. Don't be a quitter. Don't count the cost. Don't not, you know, want to get along. Don't take things personally. But it's concentrate on your passion, the gifts that God's put on the inside of you and nurture it. Now he says, look, Joshua, if you want to be successful, you got to do this. Amen. Go back to verse 7. Be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. And do not turn it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. It says, and this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. In other words, keep the word in your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night. Meditate on the word. Talk the word. That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So in other words, these are prosperity instructions can't get prosperous without doing the instructions amen and god may change his instructions whatever his instructions are i'm telling you when you nurture and when you you obey god and when you take what gift he's put on the inside of you and you treat it as a seed and you don't let the devil talk you out of it and you keep nurturing and hammering away at it it will cause you to be prosperous at some point. Amen. Just like it did Henry Ford. Just like it did the Wright brothers. Just like it did Jesus. Just like it did everybody else that invented the cotton gin. Or he sold his invention for a little bit of money, but he didn't know no better. you know. But it prospered somebody, somewhere. What was deposited on the inside by God. These things, these witty inventions, these ideas that God gives us we can't just brush them off as a bad idea that went wrong amen but God will place something on the inside of you to see what you're going to do with it if it's cleaning the toilets amen whatever it is amen I come from toilet cleaning and the dishwasher nobody else wanted to do it I had to do it I'm just I never forget that Miss Leela helped But that's what I did. That was my job. And I liked doing it. I liked that. I didn't like it at first, but I, but I thought I could do it better than anybody else. And so I knew how to go in and just take a terrible kitchen and get it all, you know. And so that's what I did. Amen. And whether I want to do it or not, I had to do it. Amen. So don't despise small beginnings because you don't know where it's going with God. <laughs> you don't know where it's going with God. Because, see, God sees everything. Man can't fool God, and we can't either. So Joshua developed a passion for the world to ensure success in his life. God told him, you ain't going to have no success unless you keep the word in your mouth. Amen. Meditate on the word or you won't have any success. Every passionate thing that God has placed inside of people, I believe, took some meditation. Amen. Whether I don't care whether it was Donald Trump with his buildings, it took some meditation. 
Amen. He gave many gifts to Martha Stewart. And she made it fashionable for a woman to be proud of being a housemaker. Amen. And then they got, now they got the cooking channel and the food channel. But see, everybody was trying to get in the office and not cook for their kids. And I ain't cooking him no food. I work too. See, back in my day, that wouldn't have worked. Amen. But she brought it back. And then you look at it, how they threw her in jail for pretty much nothing. Stuff people do every day. And they made an example out of her because that was the devil punishing her because of her witty inventions. Amen. She lost 500-something million dollars the first six months or first six weeks, whatever, that she was in in jail because the devil wanted to strip her because he was trying to strip her of what she'd done to humanity. And that's to say it's okay to cook your husband some dinner. It's okay to cook balanced meals for your children. It's okay to clean up your house and make it pretty with a little bit of money. And the devil tried to, but you know what? She, she regrouped because God is with her. Amen. A lot of things don't look like what it is until you see on the inside of what's going on. Amen. We got the Food Network. We got uh, Restaurant Impossible. We got all of these people. Ain't ashamed to be chefs. Now they're chefs. You a cook. <laughs> but God said you a chef. And it's a profitable industry. And it has prestige because God has taken the stigma off of that industry. And it, but it started with Martha. Amen. And I'm thankful for it. Praise God. And we got a DIY. Do it yourself. You can't afford a decorator. You know? <laughs> Amen. But see, it used to be, we used to say, we, I can't afford to do it better. I can't. But now they have, you seen these sofas they're making out of crates? The crates that you have at the dock? Uh, you know that you put your washer on, washer dryer that we steal? And you put your washer and dryer on it. Now they make a sofas. You seen those sofas? Really? Like a wooden floor. Like parquet type thing. See? Oh, and you know what? I saw somebody do a ceiling in a bedroom out of those crates. They took them apart. And they, they doing a lot of stuff. See, now it's okay to be rustic, but before they used to call it junk. <laughs> now it's rustic and shabby chic. Amen. And so these things come from people persevering and not taking no for an answer when they went probably and, and presented this idea to somebody and they rejected them. They said, well, I'm going to make it happen anyway. And so this is what they did. They took what little they had and they en en enhanced it and, you know, persevered like Paul. And you have to do that sometimes because this is how God works. This is how something great comes out of, out of nothing. Amen. So it's our responsibility to guard and protect our passion within us. Because it's a gift from God. Guard your focus. This is one way of, of protecting your, your, your uh, passion. Guard your focus. Guard your heart with all diligence. What does guard your heart mean? Don't take, don't let people speak into your life that's not supposed to be, you know, Psalm 1-1. Don't sit in the seat of the scorner. Amen. Whatever that stuff says. 
mockers and the, the scorners and people, oh, you shouldn't do that. What do you know? You know. So you have to give the things that God is working on, you have to give them a chance. Watch distractions and wrong associations. They will kill a dream because these distractions will cause your fire to go out. By the time people get finished picking apart what you're trying to do, you want to just go and hide somewhere. So you don't share your passion with everybody. Amen. Hallelujah. Or your fire will go out. Hallelujah. We're almost done. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. Stay passionate about the gifts that God has put on the inside of you. 1 Corinthians 15. And don't you spoil anybody else's dream. Be on board with them. I just thought, yeah, that goes two ways. Don't be putting out nobody's fire. Telling them, well, you can't do that because of this, and you can't do this because of that. Tell them you pray for them. Amen. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33. It says, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Mm-hmm. It says, awake to righteousness and do not sin. For some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. In other words, if you do it anyway and you know better, instead of correcting that person that's trying to pull you down, shame on you. So be not deceived. Don't think evil communication won't corrupt good manners. It will, because God says it will, and we've seen it happen so many times. You have to seek God on your own. Seek him early. Seek him daily to keep your passion alive. And what God, usually your passion is your assignment. They don't like that word, but amen. Passion is unforgettable. Because you can't forget it. You want to kind of try, but God won't let you forget. Jesus focused on the exact instructions of the Father. Now, what was Jesus' instructions? To heal the sick, raise the dead, restore and repair, breach to repair of the breach, save lives, be a friend to those who are lonely. Be a a brother that sticks, a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Don't stab people in the back. Be trustworthy. All those things. Amen. No matter how you treat it, you still treat people right. But you know, like my mother used to say, you just leave them alone and feed them out of a long handled spoon. (laughs) I said, you mean I got to go try to find a long handled spoon? And why would I try to feed them? Amen. You know, some of those sayings, they really got you. But Jesus was very passionate. He was passionate about going to that cross. He's passionate today about healing us. By Jesus' stripes, you are healed. Amen. Amen. You will always have success with something that is an obsession. Something that's that you're passionate about. 
Amen. Isaiah was passionate. He was determined to not be confounded or ashamed. Therefore, he set his face like a flint. And that's in Isaiah 50. When people set their face like a flint, you know what they do? They, they let people say what they're going to say. They let people put down what they're doing. But they stay at it. Because one, one day you know that you're going to get success out of what you're doing. Amen. Stay with it. Stay with school. If you already started, stay with it. Finish. Don't let, you know, people tell you that there's no jobs out there. There's jobs out there. There's, well, you know, these people, they got degrees. They're not getting jobs, not if you're a believer. There's jobs out there. Amen. Because I've been praying for too many that got them. Amen. Finish your course. Don't be a quitter. Finish your course. Isaiah 50, verse 7. It says, For the Lord God will help you. Therefore, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint. And I know that I will not be ashamed. Now, we just read his instructions in Joshua 1. 1 verse 8. Be of good cheer. Do not fear. And this book of the law shall not depart from your eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart for their life. And this is what Joshua, the instructions Joshua was given. So he's saying here in Isaiah 50 verse 7, for the Lord God will help me. Therefore, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint. That means if you slap one cheek, I'm turn it over and see how far you get with that one. Therefore, I have, I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I will not be ashamed. Amen. He is near who justifies me. Who will contend with me? Let us stand together. Who is my adversary? Let him come near me. Surely the Lord God will help me. Who is he who will condemn me? Indeed, they will all grow like a garment. The moth will eat them up. Amen. Who among you fears the Lord? Who obeys the voice of his servants? Who walks in darkness and has no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and rely upon his God. Look all you who kindle a fire, who encircle yourselves with sparks. Walk in the light of your fire and in the sparks you have kindled. This you shall have from my hand and you shall lie down in torment. You can't kick against the pricks. You can't fight against God. Eventually you have to give in and obey him because there's nothing but blessing that will come out of your obedience. Amen. So Joshua knew to keep it moving. Hallelujah. He was passionate, but he knew that the only way he would have success is to be of good cheer and do not fear and keep the, the book of the law in his mouth. Meditate on the word. He knew that only good would come out of it. He didn't let anybody change his mind. Amen. Your passion may cast, cost you everything. It may cost you everything. Just like it cost Jesus. Amen. It took the crucifixion. And we talked about that. A punctured side. Crown of thorns. Stakes in his hand and 39 stripes. 
Amen. But look what it did for us. Saved our souls. Amen. Hallelujah. See, in other words, I'm saying this. Everything that you hold dear, everything that God has placed before you, trust in it. Because it will do you good in the end. Just like Jesus, his work on Calvary did us some good. You know, being passionate is, is good. But we, we being human, we sometimes have passion for the wrong stuff. Amen. But we need to start being passionate about the things that God put before us. I have one more scripture, and that's Ecclesiastes 9. God don't like slothfulness. He helped those, and I'm not going to say that helped themselves because that ain't the word. (laughs) We got whipped on that too much. But he helped those who are in obedience. Amen. Because you can't help yourself. Then that's self-righteousness. And we don't want to go there. That's a whole teaching in itself. Because self-righteousness is when you think you don't need God to get nothing done. You, you in the control of your life. As long as you ain't hurting nobody. That's self-righteousness. So we ain't saying that. Can't trick me. Tell me, yeah, what'd she say? What'd she say now? <laughs> Ecclesiastes 9. Verse 10, it says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. You know, like that song, I ain't going to say what it says. But do things with all your might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in hell. The place of the dead, soul, where you were going. Amen. So, in other words, you have to do what work for the works of him that sent you while it's day. In other words, nobody lives forever, and once you're dead, it's too late to do works. It's too late to be passionate. Are y'all here today? Too late to be passionate about what God put in your spirit. Amen. Usually, sometimes with people who are really not that motivated, what God put in their spirit, they really don't want to nurture. Is that speaking to anybody? Amen. Because I want to do this over here. And God says, no, but I put these gifts in you. Nurture these gifts. Amen. But, yeah, my heart was kind of set on that. You know, and so sometimes you have to make yourself become passionate about what god's given you amen because you only get one shot at this and that's really what this scripture is saying it says you're only you only live once and so you have to do what god has called you to do now because when you're dead you're dead and you can't go back did i read the right scripture i said i mean uh, ecclesiastes 9 yeah who was going to say no? Because you wasn't even looking. Who said that? Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I don't know. What she said, I don't even want to know what that word is. I'm going to look that one up. Okay. <laughs> All right. Just messing with you. And so, yeah, Ecclesiastes 9, 10. Whatever your hand, whatever your hand fits to do. Do it with all your might. And and, other, and that's the same scripture I gave you. It's saying the same thing. What's that first scripture I gave you? Colossians 3, 23. And that says, and whatever 
whatsoever may be your task, work at it heartily from the soul. Same thing. Amen. Because the Lord has given gifts to men. He gave you that gift. Don't be so quick to throw it away. Am I speaking to anybody today? Because it may just bring, could make you rich. Generally, a passion makes people rich. And this is why you don't throw things away so so quickly. So stay with it. Amen. We're going we're gonna to close today. I'm not preaching long today. Amen. But if there's anybody that needs prayer, I want you to come up. But learn how to develop passion because it starts on the inside of you. Develop passion for God, for the things of God. And that's this thing, this burning desire. And, and God is hoping that all of our passion will become soul winning because that's the best, soul, that's the best uh, seed that you can sow. Amen. Praise God. Sharing Christ with people. Laying hands on the sick and see them recover. It's nothing like it. Amen. And God will give you gifts and he'll give you those gifts. He'll enhance them and then he'll give you something on the side. Make a little money and get a little fame. You don't know which way God is going. Don't be so quick to cut him off. Amen. Because God loves us and he's always working for us and with us to make us a better us. Amen. Well, Father, we thank you for your word. We love you and we exalt you, Father. We lift you up today and we just bless you. Hallelujah. We just love your word. We love your people, Lord. And we just thank you that you're a good God. And, Lord, I just thank you for blessing us and encouraging us to not throw things away so quickly and and not make the wrong decision so quickly, but hold on to the word of the Lord. Meditate on the word. Get our thinking changed and share and and partake with people and don't be so quick to brush people off as lost and father we thank you that as we invest in one another you invest in us and we praise you lord and we give you all the honor and all the glory in jesus name amen and praise god hallelujah is there anybody that needs prayer today before we go amen Come on, little kids. Any more children in here?